0: Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or Mc Sandwich. But you're the Filet-O-Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.
1: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, y'all? This is Tim Einenko. Welcome to the library. Make sure you follow me at kosher 22 on twitter that's at kosher 22 j dillo one of the most influential producers and artists is the unknown producer that you may actually know all too well
0: q-tips breathe and stop uh,
1: As part of BBC's radio series, Gone Too Soon, the mix you're hearing underneath me is a part of the radio documentary, Benji B. presents a story celebrating Jay Dilla's incredible music and his continuing influence in hip-hop. I sat down with Vivian Perry, a producer on the documentary. There's so many interviews can you just talk about some of your favorite ones
2: um i love the dwelle interview i love i i thought he was he just you know some of the people you everybody who interview first of all you know they gave up their time for free they you know so it was great but dwelle's interview i just thought he was so um, he was really charismatic and he, his story about, you know, seeing the guy in the parking lot and he thought he was going to get um, beaten up and then it turned out the man had been, like, kind of finessed by, I think, twice and he was, like, a complete, like, soppy guy at heart. I just totally loved that and they kind of said a lot to me about Dilla's music.
0: It was, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm in Detroit and it's this big guy in this car, I pull into this gas station, I hop out and the guy's just staring at me. And so I'm like, damn, here we go. You know what I'm saying? This guy's huge. So I finally walk back out. I'm pumping my gas, and he's still looking at me. So he gets out the car, closes the door, and walks over to me like, hey. And I'm like, man, I don't have any sharp objects or anything in my possession. Good Lord. I'm like, yo, what's up? He's like, hey, man, you that dude from this Tainted Song, ain't you? Man, I love that song, man. And I'm like, oh, thank you, God. Think of think of me. Think about I sense of intimacy.
2: The interview with Jukes was brilliant, um, and she—we did that as a simulrec. So she was in Detroit. This is from—is it from? Things fall apart,
0: and this is his tribute for when it went.
2: This is Vladimir, and I was—I <laughs> was sat in my little flat in Elephant and Castle in London, and we were just talking and talking and talking for like an hour and a half. And I just felt really, I just felt really privileged that she was so open and she gave so much. Um, And she's done so many interviews. So I can imagine, you know, after a while, maybe, maybe you don't want to talk, you know, so yeah.
1: Did you ever get that sense with Ma Dukes that, I mean, she's just emotionally just tired of, you know, talking about, I mean, not to say like, I mean, obviously you want to talk great about your child but just you know emotionally drained about just continuing to talk about that her son had passed away obviously so early I mean did you ever get that sense from her or just
2: the interview with Illa Jay um, Dilla's brother was the toughest interview definitely Um, and that that he didn't he didn't want to feel the feelings he didn't I I think he's still really um, affected by his brother's death and he definitely didn't want to feel the feelings he really felt and that interview I, we kind of had to work quite hard to actually get him to open up and he did and he was he was brilliant and it was really special
0: I was really close to my bro Like uh, I remember we used to always have um, ad-lib contests, you know how people have their ad-libs in a sauce, me and my brother would see who could do the, the longest Al Green ad-lib like, you know, Al Green go. On, he'll, he'll take one line and it'll, he'll just go, he'll just stretch it out.
1: Ooh, baby, let's, let's it
0: and we would go back and forth and have battles and see who could go the longest. OK, so it, it would start off like. Like, but just go as long as you can, though.
2: So and like it was tough. One. My did my it's mum it's died it's um a few years shit. ago, and and well, but but actually was that was what was so special about that interview was that it was kind of like you know first of all it was a it was kind of again a journalist asking the same question oh how did it feel when your dad died and then I kind of you know I just let him know I understand understand what it feels like to to lose someone so close and. And for people to, and how people talk about death and then how they don't want to talk about it. And, um, you know, because these are people talking about having lost a friend, having lost, you know, family. And um, and yeah, he was he was really cool with it. He was he was a really great guy as well. So, yeah. I
1: also want to know, I mean, as a journalist, how do you with the I mean, with the subject of, uh, of death, how do you, how do you and discussing it how do you know when people are being like truly sincere you know it's just like you obviously don't want to talk bad about the the people who've passed on but yeah i mean how do you yeah how do you distinguish between that
2: i think um well the the first thing was actually just kind of getting a a sound as the i think the initial conversation i had with benji b um who was pretty upfront, you know, he was was a really good starting point to kind of get a real sense of who Dilla was. And he wasn't, you know, people, and I, it, we talk about this in the documentary, what I didn't want to do is just kind of spend an hour saying how marvellous he is because, you know, everybody is nuanced. Everybody has, you know, their, their, their more kind of appealing points and, and less so. And it was about kind of painting a real picture rather than just kind of, you know, some kind of audio shrine to him. So, um, the the conversation with Benji B to just kind of get a sense of who he was was really important. And then I think um, Marjukes, you know, I think it was getting first of all those the points of view from people who, in a way, have who are going to be more honest. And then from that, when people started, I mean, there were a couple of interviews where I was like, "Hang on a second, you seem to, this seems to be a bit you're just trot." I think it's more kind of like when 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 lines come a bit too easily to people, if that makes sense. Um, and just kind of being able to have a bit of evidence, if you like, of, well, you know, I kind of heard that sometimes he could be really snappy and kind of one of... The, and this isn't that I wanted to, you know... I just wanted to paint a picture of a real man. But the other thing that was really interesting that Illa Jay talked about was um, kind of Dilla's autistic side and the fact that he was so... I didn't realize he was so utterly painfully shy, you know, with the, the story about him not getting out of the car at the Grammys with Q-tip, you know, that kind of stuff. I really, after a while, I really started to get a sense of who he was. And then when people weren't, when it, yeah, when people just kind of seemed to be trotting out lines, I was able to kind of needle it a bit and question, I guess. Hmm.
1: I've, if, if Dilla was still alive, I mean, what, what would you want to ask him as a journalist or as a fan?
2: I'd love to know where he actually wanted to take his music, where he wanted to go, because there was a whole kind of question about, you know, Dilla's become the champion of the underground. And the whole thing about him is that he didn't want to be, everyone says he didn't want to be the big man. You know, most deaf says he could have been a Kanye, but he, he wasn't into that. But then as a result of making the documentary, Wajid, um, contacted me and, um, one of the guys who used to hang out with Slum Village and was sort of really, really down with him and obviously as an artist in his own right. Um, and he was kind of saying that, you know, actually Dilla, he really, he wanted to be big and he wanted to make it and he was hungry for it. And I'd, I never really feel like I got a real sense of where he saw himself and where he wanted to go, you know. So I guess that would have been my question, you know, do you, do you want to be the next Kanye? Do you want to be the next Drake or whatever, you know?
1: I mean, as hip-hop fans, I guess we can define his career as successful, but, I mean, do you think his... The people you've spoken to, or do you think... I mean, his family, do you think they defined his career as being successful?
2: Um, Juice, that was one of the questions I asked her. I was... You know, I said, you know... And also, were you happy that your son chose that path? Because he comes from this family of musicians who... Have been financially crippled by the path they've taken. Um, yeah, she definitely thought he was successful. There was nothing but love, and there was nothing but pride and support, um, you know, for him and what he did. Um, I think, I think, yeah, people thought he was successful, and and overall, I think, well, maybe it was self selecting, but yeah, there was there was nothing but kind of the love that the rest of the hip hop community has for him which is kind of really um really specific to him i think
1: vivian barry thanks so much for joining me today
2: it's a pleasure i would
0: hear people talk about certain songs that came out that my brother produced like when i would say vibrant thing when that came out i remember a particular conversation somebody was like i mean yeah, like q-tips part it was okay but that beat that beat is so dope that it's like you know it, it keeps the song moving like that beat is crazy and i just be like haha <laughs>